Well, good morning, Living Word. Our fourth week of Advent, <clears throat> as we're celebrating here, Christmas will be next Sunday, as Pastor Dave has said, arise and shine, your light has come. That has been our sermon series through this Advent uh, season, and uh, it has all been framed around this idea and the concept of light. Week one talked about how Jesus shines light on who God is, week uh, two, Pastor Dave talked about how God exposes the darkness and then expels the darkness. And then last week, encouraged us to let our light shine and to fan the flame of our faith. And that's right where I'd like to pick up this week. And so, if you would, open up to Ephesians chapter 5. If you don't have a Bible, there should be one in the seat in front of you too that you can use for the, for the day. <clears throat> We're going to be in... Verse 8, Ephesians chapter 5, verse 8 is where we're going to start. And Ephesians is a, <clears throat> a great book and actually has uh, a kind of a theme of darkness and light throughout the whole thing. And, uh, and we're going we're gonna to pick up on some of that right now in verse 8. But I'll pray and then we'll dive into the sermon this morning. Dear Jesus, thank you. Thank you for being a God that brings hope and joy and peace and love into the world. Thank you for revealing yourself to us. And now, Lord, I just ask that you would reveal once again a little more of yourself to us, God, that you would help us understand who you are in a deeper way and also who we are and what we're called to. And so, Lord, would you use the scripture today? Would you use the words of the sermon? Use my mouth to bring clarity to these things. And Lord, also, would you give us all ears to hear that in which we need. Lord, you see what our hearts are longing for, what our souls need. And so would you bring it, give that to us now. It's in your name we pray. Amen. All right, it's chapter 5 in Ephesians, verse 8. For at one time you were darkness, but now you are light, in the Lord, walk as children of light. Now, we're going to go all the way to verse 21 uh, throughout the morning, but I want to just kind of chunk it up this, uh, this morning because uh, I think there's so much that we can kind of take piece by piece. And it starts right here in verse 8. At one time you were darkness. And, and I think it's good for us to read that carefully because often, as maybe I've read this before, it's easy to read that we were in darkness, but that's not what the Scripture says here. It says at one time you were darkness. Not walking around blind in the dark. You were the dark. And we all know that God is light. And so in, in, it just is this drastic, just this incredible contrast here that you couldn't be further from God or more different from God. You were darkness. But now, as the verse continues, you are light in the Lord. Not in the light, you are light. And then it concludes, verse 8, so walk like it. Walk as children of light. I love this scripture as it starts because it describes both sides of the grace that's been given us in the gospel. Not just what we've been saved from, but also what we've been saved to. We've been saved from 
being darkness, and save two, getting to be light in this world. Save from hell, from darkness, and save two good works that Pastor Dave talked about last week that people will be able to see that we can shine this light before others and people are going to be able to point and give God glory because of it. And as we walk in this world as Christians, I think it's easy to remember what we've been saved from. That I know that, that because of Jesus that I have forgiveness and I don't have hell. But also, it's, I think some, some insecurities can creep in as we walk out our faith. Because although we are secure in what we've been saved from, we become insecure in what we've been saved to. The callings that we have. It's like, well, so how am I supposed to actually live this out? Am I doing enough? How, how do I do this? And in this passage, Paul keeps things rather simply, simple and describes exactly what this looks like for us. And that's exactly where we're going today. What does it look like to walk as light in this world? So let's continue in the passage, and we'll read further in verses 9 and 10. Just shut my Bible and lost the page, so bear with me for a second. All right, so continuing on to verses 9, uh, 9, 10, and, and 11. <clears throat> so I'll just start back at 8. For at one time you were darkness, but now you are light in the Lord. Walk as children of light, for the fruit of light is found in all that is good and right and true. And try to discern what is pleasing to the Lord. Now verse 11, take no part in the unfruitful works of darkness, but instead expose them. But instead expose them. In these verses, there's one kind of uh, topic that starts showing up in 9 and 11 in, in, in particular, which is this idea of fruit. And as you walk in the light, as verse 9 says, there will be fruit. For the fruit of light is found in all that is good and right and true. As you walk in light, as light, there'll be fruit that gets produced around you. Think about the sun, right? It doesn't have to try to make fruit. It just exists. And a byproduct of it being light is that things are happening on this earth. Plants grow, blossom, make actual fruit. It's an incredible thing. And in these verses, we start to see that light produces fruit, fruit for God's kingdom. And the other side of this, the, the other side of the coin is verse 11 that says, take no part in the unfruitful works of darkness. So the defining characteristic of walking as light means there's going to be fruit from your existence. And the defining characteristic of walking as darkness is that you'll be fruitless. And verse 10, in between 9 and 11, pulls these ideas together as Paul is trying to help us understand how to walk as light. And he says, try to discern what is pleasing to the Lord. Sense your light now. Walk as light. And as light, there's going to be fruit. And in and, 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 and the works of darkness, they're totally unfruitful. So would you try to discern what is pleasing to the Lord? As Christians, this is, is, is a crucial fundamental beginning. When we start trying to ask this question, what is pleasing to you, Lord? 
As we ask that question, it implies that we are truly new creations because our old self, the old creation, was really concerned with one thing and one thing only. It was, how do I please myself? And when we're on the center, we, when we're the center of our own universe, it seems that we're always remain fruitless. It just seems like we try to grasp things, we try to do things, but it's always for ourselves and it always leads to, to, to things that aren't that helpful. And we need to die to ourselves and our own desires, turn our eyes on what would please God in this moment. And that's what God Paul's trying to say here. As you walk as light in this world, start asking the right questions. As you walk, what would please God? Lord, I want to please you today. What would please you in this moment? I want to walk in a way that's pleasing to you. And that's a great question, but it's a very hard question to answer if we don't really know who God is. Which, once again, is why Jesus has come into our world on this Christmas day to reveal to us who God is, to understand His character and His heart. But this question is the start of something that is really fun, just so foundational as we walk as light in this world. God, I want to please you how can I please you in this moment? And verses 15 and 16 really continue this idea of asking the right question. If you look in, at verse 15, it says, Look carefully then how you walk, not as unwise, but as wise, making the best use of the time, because the days are evil. Lord, what would please you? Lord, I want to walk not as unwise. I want to be wise in how I spend my time. In fact, I want to make the very best use of the time I have to make the biggest impact for your kingdom that I possibly can. This section of Scripture is just filled with such beautiful language because it just becomes so, uh, it makes Christianity just come to life in a way and makes it feel so free to me. That it's not just this list of right and wrong, but it's this idea of, Lord, I want to please you. What can I do to please you today? I want to be wise in the way I do this. I want to use the very best use of my time. So would you just show me what doors to walk through? I, want, I, I know that you have called me to be light. And I am light according to this scripture. And so as I walk into this world, I just want to use the best use of my time. Let me be where you want me to be. Let me, let me do things that are going to please you today. It's so easy to get caught up in our thoughts of just like, Lord, what's right and wrong? I just want to do what's right or just do, I don't want to do what's wrong. And this is all I, and, and, and God kind of opens this up and says, I have given you freedom as a Christian. You are saved and I am working in your heart. I've given you my righteousness. You have, you, you, I've called you my child. I'm, I'm giving you this purpose and so now live it out. And it's just like, okay, so I don't have to, so should I do this and I, should I do this and should I do that and I'm not going to do this. And it just feels like if Christianity just becomes a bunch of do's and don'ts, it just sucks the life out of it because we're so scared we're going to make a mistake. And instead, with the scripture, as we walk in light in the world, as we walk as Christians in this world, I feel like Paul's trying to open this up in a new way and say, you know what, um, 
I want you just to think about not necessarily right and wrong, but what's the best use of your time? Don't just try to avoid the bad stuff. Try to find the best stuff that you can possibly be doing. Don't just try to, try to dodge some of this stuff. That, no, be, be wise in this because you have great potential as light in this world to make unbelievable fruit. We get to ask these new questions of what's most helpful right now to advance the gospel, to love this person in front of me? And sometimes that means having to kind of forsake these moralistic walls that we set up around ourselves. This story, and and this is kind of an interesting story, and I hope you hear my heart in this, but um, Jim Nestigan was a a mentor of of Pastor Dave in seminary, and I got to just take uh, one or two classes with him in seminary. And Jim understood how to not just be a theologian, which a lot of seminary professors can be, but he understood how to really practice it in real life. He knew how to actually be a pastor and how to walk with people and make the theology really work in day-to-day life. And Jim just knew just so intricately how to love people. Before Jim taught at the seminary, he was a pastor. And uh, one day, Jim got a call from a, um, a very a very frightful and for good reason wife who, who's told Jim, said, Jim, my husband's down in the cellar right now and he's drinking and he's got a gun and I think he's going to kill himself. Jim got in his car. He went right there. He walked through the door. The wife showed him where the husband was and Jim went down into the cellar with this individual. This individual had a bottle of booze in one hand and he had a revolver next to him on the bench in the other. And Jim sat down right across this gentleman and he just held out his hand and the gentleman handed him over the bottle. Jim took it and he took a drink and he handed it back. Now, what kind of a pastor is that? You can't drink on the job, Jim. Come on. If you look at that, that story from this right and wrong column, you could blame Jim for 10 different offenses, but what Jim didn't do was come into a cellar and stand above this man as a holy, a holy person and try to start preaching to him and try to, try to tell him what he needs or what's going on. Jim did something different. He met that man at his level. In this guy's deepest days, in his darkest day, from the same bottle in which he was abusing himself, he got down on that level and he met that man where he was. And Jim knew it. And as Jim tells this story, he said, and in that day, I became that man's pastor. Because he met that individual where he was. This ties into our Christmas story. Jesus doesn't come to this awesome throne. He comes to a manger. He will come into all of our messes and we're called as light to go into the darkness, into people's messes. And sometimes that doesn't look super great. 
Sometimes that means that I need to value the person across me more than I value some of these, these rules that I've set up or how this image I've set up in my life. And I know we need to be careful with this. There's limits, right? It's not like I, I want to minister to, to, you know, to a drug addict, so I'm going to go do drugs with them or something, right? Like, like that's not a healthy line, but there are some lines that I think can get blurry, which means we need to go meet people where they're at. In 1 Corinthians chapter 10, verse 23, all things are lawful, but not all things are helpful. All things are lawful, but not all things build up. I think as we walk as light in this world, we get to ask these very important questions. Lord, does this please you? I, wanna, I just want to please you. I want to meet. And, and in the 1 Corinthians 10, Lord, is this helpful for advancing the gospel? Is this helpful for your kingdom? Is this helpful for building people up around me? Because because all things are lawful in some ways, but, but I want to do what's helpful. I want to walk as wise. I want to use the best use of my time. These are the questions we can be asking as we walk as light in this world. And it all stems from this freedom we have in Christ. We've been given so much through Jesus Christ, and we're called to go step out and meet people where they're at, just as Christ has met us where we're at. And in verse from 17 to the end, I'll read this. And in fact, in this, it, it's, it shows one of these, these uh, limitations of kind of like where, where one of these lines are. But it also just start, goes on just to describe so beautiful, beautifully what it looks like to walk as light. Let's go to verse 17. It says, Therefore, do not be foolish, but understand what the will of the Lord is. And do not get drunk with wine, for that is debauchery, but be filled with the Spirit, addressing one another in psalms and hymns and spiritual songs, singing and making melody to the Lord with your heart, giving thanks always for everything to God the Father in the name of our Lord Jesus Christ, submitting to one another out of reverence for Christ. We close today. I want you to, to kind of hear this last, these last few verses. It's like, I want you to address one another with psalms, with hymns, with spiritual songs, that you would be singing and making melody in your own heart throughout your days, that you would give thanks always, really, in everything, okay? I'm starting to get lost here. I don't think that seems possible. And I think that's the point. That all of this, as we walk as light in the world and as we live this out, can only take place when we are staying connected to Jesus. We need to be in the Word. Because when we are in the Word, we understand more and more of who our God is, what we can do, and what will please Him. It will bring clarity of, of what would be wise and best. Reading Scripture gives us an understanding each day of what Christ has actually already accomplished for us. Understanding each day of what all, what, all that we've been given, all that we haven't been given, that we probably should have been, but He's kept it from us because of His mercy. Understanding each day exactly who our God is and how great our God is. And as we stay connected through Scripture to Jesus in light of the gospel, in light of the cross, as we stay connected to that, we will naturally, naturally be trying to discern what would please the God who did all this for me. 
I, what I don't want this to be is some kind of mental exercise that this week we're like, okay, I'm just going to try to remember. I'll put a post-it note on my mirror of just ask this question, what would please God today? I think what's even more powerful than that is meeting with the God of the universe that loves you in Scripture and continuing to be fed with all that He has given you so that your natural response, your natural reaction to this is, God, you are so good. I want to please you with my life. You are so awesome. I, I just want to, li- how can I please you? I want to be wise. You know what? You know what? I want to use the best use of my time today because you have turned me from darkness into light. It becomes a response. Lord, I want to be fruitful. I want to say no to the things that aren't going to bring fruit because I just want to use my time so well and I know what's at stake. There's people still walking around as darkness. I think we need this obsession with the gospel so that we'll seek the will of the Lord. And as we do that, on top of all this stuff and the, and the, the, the kind of the, the heart posture that it creates as we step into the world, it also shows us just how valuable we are to God and gives us such a clear purpose. I mean, what Paul's partly doing here in Scripture throughout Ephesians is reminding the church of their identity and their calling. He's saying, you are light. And when you know that that's your identity, you step into the world and you act like it. You're light. So walk as light. Back to verse 8. If you're walking in this world feeling like you're giftless, you're a screw-up, you're uh, not that great of a mom, you know, you've, you, you, you've kind of blown it as a dad, and you walk into the world with giving yourself that identity, you just seem to act like it. You walk around with insecurities. You walk around, you're not as light. And Paul's trying to say, remember, church, you are the light Not just do you know the light, but you are light now. I've made you light. You are children, my children. I'm light. You're light. Walk as children of light. I'm placing this identity on you, child. Live like it because it's true. Arise. Shine. The light has come. He's made you into his image. You are light Arise and shine. The world needs light. And that's exactly what you are. It says so in here. Let's pray. Lord, I just pray that you would help us walk as light. That we would meet those around us where they're at, Lord, that we would walk in a way that would be wise that we would use the best use of our time, that we would just think of things of what would be most helpful right now to advance your kingdom and to to, to advance your gospel. I just pray, Lord, that we would produce fruit as we walk for you. Not that we necessarily get to enjoy the fruit, Lord, but you do, and that's why we're doing it. And so, Lord, would you just help us walk as light in this world, produce fruit for your kingdom. We're so thankful for 
being your children. We're thankful for you turning us from darkness to light. Amen.